When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I've never been a numbers person. I've always just put my age out there. But to say 60, and especially when with all the inevitable changes that were getting ready to happen, I couldn't spit it out. You're listening to How To. I'm David Epstein. More than ever before, Americans are working into their so-called golden years. By the time retirement comes around, many folks are facing the kind of identity crises they thought they'd left behind years ago. In the past few months, we've gotten a lot of email from listeners about the unexpected identity challenges of those later years. So many that on this week's show, we decided to bring on not just one listener, but three. Hi, my name is Joy, and um, I'm a high school Spanish teacher. Hi, my name's Doug. I've uh, retired from the military. I'm a personal trainer, and I write books. Hi, my name is Kim. I am starting my life over after 60. Uh, can you share, sort of, how, how did you feel the day you turned 60? I, I've had my, my son's birthday. He turned two, or if you ask him, if he's, how old did you turn today? He said, too old. <laughs> I felt like your son, David, too old, which is so funny because my daughter recently redid my website for me, but she she put my age on there. And when I read it, I'm thinking, oh, heck, now the whole world's going to know I'm 61 years old. Mm. But it's just a number. Yeah, I, I, it's not like I magically felt uh, different the day I turned 60. Yeah, I, I tried not to think about it. I was ignoring it, to be honest. Mm. Then my friends are having a birthday party for me, and the wise guy, the maitre d', switched to six on my birthday cake to a nine. I made a joke about that. <laughs> oh, no. It still hasn't hit me, to be honest. Age may be just a number, but figuring out what exactly to do in this phase of life is really starting to weigh on each of our listeners, even though they're all in a slightly different place. So I am a teacher. I've been a teacher since I was 23 years old. I'm 60 now, and... There's a big part of me that feels like it's time to move on. Uh, and there's this other part of me that kind of is mourning the possibility of losing what I have as a teacher, my identity, my social life. When we spoke to Joy at the end of January, she was considering whether or not to retire at the end of the year. And there was an extra incentive to decide in a hurry. We get a, a little bonus, uh, $1,000, if um, we let them know if we're going to retire by February 1st. So I've got one day. All right. And I want to <laughs> jump in with Doug a little bit. Um, Doug, can you tell us about what you're struggling with? I was you know, working real jobs, and I was also working with the Army Reserves, and I used to teach fitness classes. And, you know, you're the man of the hour. Like, I'd be in charge of 48 recruits, and 
12 staff and you know you're up 5 3 in the morning and joy can probably relate to some of this but i'm missing the culture i'm missing a sense of identity you know that's actually i think sort of a perfect way we can transition to kim well first of all david i was staying at home and i was actually we had a ranch and i was taking care of the ranch training horses but the bulk of my existence revolved around my daughter I homeschooled her, and I was involved in a community of people that were doing the same thing, but I didn't have that career, and now I find myself in a position where everyone I know is retiring, and for the first time, at the ripe age of 61, I am having to generate an income. Our three listeners are all dealing with transitions that are challenging their sense of self. And changing identities as you change your work is something that our expert this week has studied for decades. My name's Herminia Ibarra, and I'm a professor of organizational behavior at the London Business School. I've changed my own professional path a few times, and Herminia's work has been influential for me personally. In my last book, Range, I wrote about some of her research on how people make successful and not so successful life transitions. There was a, a classic piece of research looking at uh, how people get jobs, and, and, and the finding was that people get jobs not through personal contacts with uh, close friends and family, but through personal contacts with people who um, the job seeker either didn't know very well or didn't see very often, hence the title, The Strength of Weak Ties. That's interesting because it's like, I think... Uh, Our instinct is probably, oh, this is important. This is about life transitions. I need to talk to people, you know, that know me super well. No, it's just the opposite. Because, you know, there's even just a very simple thing, which is talking out loud. You know, we think we know what we know. But when you have to start explaining to somebody else, you formulate it in a way that gives you insight. Mm. And so just talking to strangers, explaining yourself actually helps you figure out what is my story. Talking to strangers is a big reason we decided to try something new by bringing our three listeners together. We wanted to hear what researchers refer to as the strength of weak ties in action. On today's show, how to embark on finding a new identity after a major life transition, especially when you're older. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. 
You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We're back with our expert, Herminia Ibarra, and our three listeners, Joy, Doug, and Kim. Joy is a teacher who has just one day left to make a huge decision, whether or not to retire. She's grappled with this decision for years, but something keeps holding her back. Well, my husband has wanted me to retire for several years now, Mm -hmm. and I've resisted. (laughs) Because it is so much a part of who I am, and I don't know, it's it's just a hard thing to, to... let go. Joy, is the question, who am I if not a teacher? Part of it. I do have a job um, teaching student teachers. But yes, part of it is even that job. You know, how am I going to teach teachers how to be teachers if I'm not teaching myself? Joy, what's your biggest fear if you retire? I definitely want to be a productive member of society mm-hmm, still. Mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to contribute. Um, I want to help people. It's clear that this is a job that's meaningful, where you're impactful. It's part of your identity. Are are there things about retiring that you would look forward to? Yes. I would love to be able to go to the bathroom whenever I need to. (laughs) I'm not really a morning person. Meetings start at 745. So I'd love to be able to skip that part. Mm -hmm. I'd like to lose 20 pounds, (laughs) do some more exercise and things like that. That's interesting. I mean, I have a tremendous respect for teachers, and yet I still didn't think of the fact that a perk of retirement might be being able to go to the bathroom anytime you want. Um, the, <laughs> I'm sure yes. I'm sure it's not what most people think of. So, Herminia, how would you sort of counsel Joy in thinking about this decision that she has to make tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're kind of stuck betwixt and between. You know what you're moving away from, but you don't know what you're moving towards. And even though you might have some personal projects that you want to take on, you know, there's still this sense of big, empty void. Um, the sooner, you know, you start experimenting with some of those things, the sooner some of the drawbacks of this retirement are going to start to slip away and start morphing into a newfound sense of, of freedom and possibility and next stage. Yeah, that um, it's, it's hard because teaching is sort of all consuming. And then there's also a part about the the story that we tell about ourselves. You know, a lot of times making these changes is a bit of losing the plot. You know, how how does this story unfold? And so that's how people in this kind of transition end up feeling a bit rudderless because the new story hasn't really gelled yet. Here's our first tip. Embrace the idea of multiple possible selves. You may have always thought of yourself as a teacher or a lawyer, an engineer, but when you're facing retirement or some other big change, the story of your life, it'll start to look different than you expected. Herminia recommends actually making a list of these possible selves to help you visualize what the future could hold. You've had a certain identity for a long time, and so this liminal space, when you're transitioning between two lives, it's necessarily unsettling. But just trying new things, Herminia says, will remind you that you aren't stuck with your prior self, and that can help you get to the other side. 
Yeah, you know, what's so important about that is that sometimes what you need is just something that isn't necessarily reflective of what you're going to do next in the next stage, but simply gets mm-hmm. you doing new things with different people um, and, you know, just, just kind of provides a bit of perspective and a bit of a bridge to something else. For Doug, that idea of bridging to the next big project might be particularly useful, given that he's been searching for the kind of meaning and challenge that he felt when he was in the Army. I joined the Reserves when I was 17, and it gave me a lot of confidence. I became a paratrooper, and that was, you know, I put on 40 pounds of muscle, and it was really a boost. But then I did a UN tour, the former Yugoslavia, and, and uh, it's funny, it, you, you want to leave, but you still, there's a lot of things you miss. Doug has sought out challenges over the years, taking up kickboxing and knocking out a guy 15 years younger, going to college in his 40s, starting his own personal trainer business, and writing books on fitness. He's definitely not afraid of change or of trying new things, but at this point in his life, he's not quite sure where to channel all that energy. Like, what can I do? I got got the energy. I'm just, um, like, in the morning... Sounds kind of funny. I'm working part time. I, I do. If I'm not working that day, I'll do a false commute. I'll physically get up. Oh, wow. Do a run, exercise, breakfast, and I'll get in the car. I'll run to a coffee shop. I'll go somewhere where I have the feeling and sensation of going to work. I'm wondering here, um, Doug, if, if part of what's missing is is the social contact, is actually, you know, being part of a group of people uh, that are either doing something or participating in an activity together. That's a good point. I reconnected with some friends, military friends, and, and it's nice, to, but, but you're right. Yeah, because, you know, it's one thing to reconnect with people. That's all helpful. But what, what we're talking about here is having meaningful activity that involves others. I Totally agree. Mm. I, I just don't know where to look. Um, I'm just wondering if one possibility might be, you know, just kind of following your nose on, on a topic that would be of interest to you, ne- not necessarily having to be linear, maybe not necessarily having to do with training or fitness, but, but really choosing something in terms of um, an online learning activity that has a large group component to it that is involved in discussions and is involved in doing things on a regular basis. And I wonder if something like that might not be helpful, not just from the idea point of view, but also from the interaction point of view. If you're interested in helping high school students, I'm sure I could find a couple of teachers that would love to have a volunteer. Okay, sure. Maybe we could have a trade here, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Doug is a personal trainer. <laughs> there uh, you go. Do some, have some bartering. Doug, it also sounds like there, like a lot of the things you did had very concrete feedback. Like I've found this sometimes too, when, when you're in sort of more open-ended things where, where you're not getting that kind of feedback about whether you're doing well, the stakes aren't kind of as clear. Does that, does that make some sense? Do you, do you feel sort of... Oh, like- yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually saw one of my former uh, trainees and she's like a top shot in Canada. And it's, it's kind of fulfilling that you had, you contributed to that. You made a difference in someone's life. Mm. I feel the same way about teaching. It's, yeah. it's a very rewarding job. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would say one of the things that I learned uh, watching people try to make changes in their career and move on into different areas is that when you stick too close to home, friends and family, you know, former close co-workers, um, those people see you only in terms of your past. And they're only mm-hmm. going to reinforce mm-hmm. the identity that you're losing or in some cases that you want to shed. Whereas when you start meeting new people in a different context, um, you're more of a blank slate. 
Here's our next tip. When you think about new projects to join, focus on those that will bring you into contact with new people. Staying in touch with old friends is obviously important, but new acquaintances come with advantages. They don't have ingrained ideas about you. They see you through fresh eyes, which can help you see you with fresh eyes. And you don't have to stick with the same group all the time. Experimenting with new things and new people, it's key at any age to figuring out who you want to be. As we live longer and longer, one of the big arguments that's been made that the way we set up and structure our lives into three parts, you know, the young part when we're learning in school, the big fat middle part when we're working, and then the, the kind of retirement part just doesn't make any sense. And the piece that often seems missing is, is what about some kind of back to school experience, you know, in that period uh, before uh, some kind of more formal retirement that would allow us to muck around a little bit. You know, back to school is not just about the classes you take. It's about new friendships. It's about experimenting with different identities. And it would just be so great if there were more of those kinds of options available. But what if it feels like you don't have the luxury of experimenting, like our listener Kim? It has been one of the scariest times of my life. There has been pain that I cannot even begin to talk about. And I'm desperately trying to stay fluid and not have mm. these rigid, set-in-stone ideals and standards as far as this is what I should do and this is what I should look like. As we'll hear soon, Kim's happiness and her livelihood are on the line. How can she figure out what's next when the stakes are so high? When we come back, Herminia reveals what we all get wrong about life transitions, no matter our age. And our listeners, they might just hold the key to helping each other unlock their potential. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We're back. Like our listeners Joy and Doug, Kim is searching for what to do in the next phase of her life. Not so much because of retirement but rather an unexpected twist in her story. I was married for 25 years, and there were some things that happened several years ago that really shattered my marriage, but I had this, this kind of skewed way of thinking that I couldn't get divorced. 
Kim's husband had an affair with someone in their church community. He moved out for nine months, and then he came back. Kim says she did everything she could to make it work, up until a couple years ago. I realized that I had allowed fear to lead me to everything I had done prior to that point. So dealt with the fear and stepped out in a lot of faith. And a little over a year ago, I was divorced. I mean, I, I thought, 60 years old, I'm divorced. 60 years old, all my friends wow. are retiring. They're all very well off financially. And I can't get a job at the local grocery store. <laughs> I mean, I have humbled myself to a point where I, I really appreciate it because it's taught me a lot. Despite her difficulties, Kim is relentlessly positive, and she already has some ideas for what's next. After all, she's spent her whole life as a self-starter, taking care of her ranch, painting oil canvases, and homeschooling her daughter. I'm a horse trainer. I'm an artist. I've been writing a book for three years. I do legacy videos and have just recently started a YouTube channel. But I haven't figured out how to make money. Can I jump in for a sec? Sure. I took all this money I earned from overseas, and I, I bought a buildings, and I did building um, management for years, and it just, everything crumbled, and I was to the point where I was living on an air mattress, you know, God bless the Army, <laughs> and and someone was telling me, you know, they said, well, you're like fitness, and I, I can't do that, I'm not coordinated enough, you know, I can't go in, a bunch of, in front of a bunch of spandex, but you <laughs> know what, I, I sucked back a bit of pride, and doggone it, I, I did quite well. It was so weird to step into an area I was unfamiliar with. And then one day, I did some volunteer thing in a kid's martial art club. And I was talking to one of the parents, and he goes, oh, you do personal training? And right there was a pivot point. I went, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and then it took off. And you're, you're a, a horse professional. I mean, I, I would just put it out personally. I don't care if you have to put it on a telephone pole. Just put it out there and say, horse trainer. No, but that, that's an interesting point, is that there's probably a lot of knowledge you take for granted, um, Kim, that, that other people would be, would be looking for. And so what do you think about Doug's suggestion, this idea of, um, you know, using some of the, your experiences uh, and, and maybe your social capital to try to make part of your horse training a business while you're, you're working in your passion area? Does that sound like something realistic? Well, it would if it wasn't for my back issues. I I am I do 500 crunches a day to strengthen my core so that it can support my back. I You're you're shaming me, Kim. <laughs> shaming me. <laughs> I I was a gymnast, so it's it's natural for me to do things like that, but I don't think that being involved in something physical like that for several hours a day is really something that I can do right now. Okay. It also sounds like your passion is with the legacy videos, you know, just in the way you talk about it. That's where you light up. I do. I love the videos. So how do you turn your passion project into reality? One of the most useful parts of Herminia's research for me personally was the idea of running small experiments. I used to think you'd have to take a big flying leap to the next phase of your life plotting everything out beforehand, and then running into a phone booth like Clark Kent and coming out two seconds later as Superman. But Herminia has found that small experiments, just dipping your toe into something new, are the most beneficial. Our insight into ourselves is constrained by our roster of previous experiences. We learn who we are in practice, not theory. 
In Kim's case, this advice of first act, then think, might be key to getting started on a business. The deal is that we're we're taught um, to have the answer clear in our heads before we make a move. You know, that's basically, you know, know what your passion is or begin with the end in mind. Those are things that we're taught. And so when it comes to our careers or to the things we do professionally, I mean, everybody goes through periods in which they don't know what the next step is. It isn't obvious. And by the way, this happens more and more today. So you have to give yourself permission to dabble and start trying things. And sometimes by doing the things that are the wrong things that then allow us to say, oh, that's not it. Let me look somewhere else. But really, it's a serendipity game. And, you know, serendipity has an element of chance, but also serendipity has an element of did you put yourself into situations where serendipity might happen. So if you're looking for something new and don't know exactly what it is, put yourself in a position to get lucky. It's easy to be disenchanted when something doesn't work out right away. But keep casting lines for different possible selves. These don't have to be the perfect futures. Kim may need to experiment with profitable ventures while building up her passion project on the side. But these efforts are the bridge that'll get you to your destination. Remember, you can fail many times looking for the next step, but you only have to get lucky once. Kim, as you heard Joy uh, and Doug talk and, and share their stories, was there anything that kind of resonated? Absolutely. The, the one thing that I heard you both say was your identity was tied into what you've been doing. And I think that that's such a natural thing to do, but, but what we do and who we are are not the same thing. So I think you're both such wonderful contributing members of society and your identity is in who you are, but not in what you do. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. You're right. I, I definitely think you're uh, farther along on that journey than I am. But retiring <laughs> well, I will paid be... to get here. It's been a lot of <laughs> introspection. <laughs> well, I, I would just want to know, Joy, have you decided already? I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's what I thought. And, and, and so you're going to do it. And you're going to have a bit of an out of sorts period because you're going to, it's going to feel like nothingness. And, you know, what I would say is enjoy that, even if it's uncomfortable and don't feel uh, in a huge rush to fill it all up with all kinds of volunteer stuff, because sometimes people do that um, because the void is so uncomfortable. And then that means that they're just kind of pushing off maybe some of the self-reflection, some of the decompression and, and, and not allowing kind of serendipity to set in. Let it evolve. Um, once you're in a very different space, it's very possible that all kinds of interesting things will come to you. I just, I love teaching, but it is all consuming and so much work. And I, I want to see what else is out there for me. Mm. I really want to take better care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to live abroad uh, again for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I studied at the University of Madrid uh, when I was uh, 20, and there was a, an attempted coup that year that I had studied mm. there, and it was very scary <laughs> to live through. I was in Madrid at the time, so I was in the capital. Um, I, I don't know. I just was very grateful to come back to the United States after that year. But yes, travel is definitely at the top of my 
list. Yeah, get out there. Get get out of the comfort area. Meet someone outside your circle. You talk to people. You get a different perspective on things, and then worlds open up. And, and Doug, did you have any specific thoughts? Since Joy is, it sounds like maybe about to become a um, a fitness beginner, and in some ways, just the experience of being a beginner in something can be unfamiliar after having been competent at something for a very long time. Do you have any thought you'd you'd want to share with her about yeah, that, it, that journey? First of all, like take your own medicine. In the in a plane, you have to throw on your mask first; otherwise, you can't put a mask on someone else. Second thing is, you know, enjoy. It. Give yourself small rewards. Every time you go do something small, you mark it, you go go have a tea, whatever, you you, you, you reward yourself consistently. Each day is, is a small step or a step towards completing where you want to go. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to have to take it little steps at a time. I think it's really, really important to look at the process versus looking at the goal for me just to focus on the goal is sometimes too overwhelming mm. and I need to just focus on what I'm doing today, what I'm doing right now. That's great advice too. <laughs> no, I, this is very inspiring. I, I'm definitely going to go volunteer in stuff that I'm not totally familiar with. And I'm also, two things on my bucket list. I have to do 500 crunches and I got to go to a country with a coup. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you to Joy, Doug, and Kim for sharing their stories and advice with us and with each other. And thanks to Herminia Ibarra for all of her great insights. Be sure to pick up her book, Working Identity. Do you have a question for us? Send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And if you think this show might be useful to others, please give us a rating and a review and tell a friend. And please consider becoming a member of Slate Plus. Slate Plus members get benefits like zero ads on any Slate podcast, bonus episodes of shows like Slow Burn and Dear Prudence, and you'll be supporting the work we do here at How To. It's only $1 for the first month. To sign up, just go to slate.com slash howtoplus. And thanks. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen and Rosemary Belson produced the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. June Thomas is senior managing producer, and Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. Gabriel Roth is editorial director of audio, and Charles Duhigg used to host this show until his stock dropped like GameStonk. I'm David Epstein. Thanks for listening.